Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting a Teenager Learning the Lingo Jelly Jelly adjective Jelly is a shorter better way to say jealous as in Chloe I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same Visit adoptuskids.org brought to you by the US Department of Health and Human Services Adopt US Kids and the Ad Council This is American Viewpoints with Mike Ferguson. Get ready to tip your cap to a part of American history. Uh, now, really, you're going to be in some good company when you do this. I'm Mike Ferguson. Thanks for uh, staying with us here on American Viewpoints. Joined now by Bob Kendrick. He's the president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, which is in Kansas City, Missouri. Bob, thanks again for so much time uh, here today. Uh, it's been been a while since you've been on the show. It's been too long. It's been way too long. It is great to catch up. Thanks for having me back. Now, we, we miss baseball. You and I are just baseball guys at heart. It's why we get along so well. Maybe we'll see it this year. Maybe we won't. I don't know. But baseball in general, though, let's start with in general. What is it about baseball that just takes up such a, a special place in U.S. society and culture and in history in particular? Well, I, I think it's the most romanticized sport of them all. We measure places in our lives by the, by baseball. And, and I just don't think, and, and I'm a big sports fan in general, I'm a basketball and football fan, but not like baseball. People remember the first baseball game. And, and, and it's, it, it's just a, I think an important part of the fabric uh, of this country. And I tell people all the time, Mike, if you wanna know the history of the United States, just learn the history of baseball. They parallel one another. And it's the one sport that anybody can play it, although it may be the toughest game of them all. <laughs> but your physical stature doesn't determine whether you can play this game or not. That's the beauty of it. You could be 5'5 five, five, or 5'6, five, 5'7 five, like Jose Altuve and dominate this game. Or you could be 6'7 and weigh 270 pounds like Aaron Judge and dominate this game. And, and it's not an easy game, but everybody thinks they can play it. My dear friend, the late great Buck O'Neill would say, you could have two 80-year-old men sitting on a couch watching a baseball game and someone drops a pop fly. And the first words that come out of their mouth, damn, I could have caught that. You know, <laughs> but if LeBron James misses a dunk, we ain't all saying we could have done that. You know, but that's the beauty of baseball. And I think that's why it still has its place, you know, in terms of importance in, in this country. And I think it always will. And you've got the campaign going right now. You know, tip your cap. It's, it just looks great on social media. It was funny because my wife was making fun of me because I saw one of the videos and it was it was President Obama and then it was President George W. Bush both tipping their cap to the Negro Leagues Museum. And I thought, well, that's really cool. You've got former presidents doing this. And then I saw Mike Trout do it. And then I was really excited when I saw Mike <laughs> Trout do it. <laughs> just to show you how much of a baseball geek I am. But when it comes to the Negro Leagues, what, what does it, what is 
is it about that history? And it's not even that it's a subset of history. It is an entire pillar of baseball history and U.S. history, as we all know. And, and so what is it about what you've done at the Negro Leagues Museum that stood up for all this time? Yeah, you know, 100 years of the Negro Leagues being founded, Mike, and 30 years for the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. We're celebrating our 30th anniversary as the primary caretaker of a piece of baseball and Americana that was literally on the verge of extinction when we started this museum way back in 1990 in a little tiny one-room office. But again, I think it's the romantic nature of our sport that really makes this story resonate with so many people once they've been introduced to it. The, the challenge that you had with the Negro Leagues is that it's this wonderful piece of Americana, but it had not been substantially documented in the pages of American history books. Thus, countless generations of us could go through our own formal educations without knowing one of the most significant chapters, not in baseball history, but in American history. And so as people have become more exposed to this incredibly compelling and awe-inspiring story, they fall in love with it. But as I tell people all the time, what's not to love about the Negro Leagues? Yeah, because it's everything that America is supposed to be. This is that wonderful story about pride, about passion, about courage, determination, perseverance. And Mike is based on one small, simple principle. You won't let me play with you. Then I just create a league of my own. And, and when you stop to think about that, that is the American way. It was the American spirit that allowed them to persevere and prevail. And I think that's why when people come and visit the Negro Leagues Museum and they meet these new baseball heroes, or as I like to call them, America's unsung baseball heroes, they fall in love. They fall in love with the athletes and they fall in love with this incredible story. And, and so it is very exciting for us. And the 100th anniversary created an incredible platform to heighten that awareness. We're visiting with Bob Kendrick, the president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, which is in Kansas City. And, and Bob, right now, obviously, we've got some really tough conversations happening and some, some really difficult conflicts happening around the country when it comes to race and, and when it comes to related debates and issues and conflicts. But the one thing I've, I've enjoyed so much along with the history itself of the museum that you've got is how inclusive it is. And this isn't ours versus yours. You tell the story in relation to how it affected everybody, and obviously it affected everybody in different ways. There's no question about it, and I think you really capsulized the approach that we had with this museum and how we wanted to relate this story. Because at its essence and at its core, the Negro Leagues, Mike, they didn't care what color you were. All they cared was can you play? And if you can play, you can play. And so it opened its doors to any and everyone. Yeah, there were Hispanic players who called the Negro Leagues home. There were women, very courageous women, three of them, who called the Negro Leagues home. The Negro Leagues had women in leadership roles well before Major League Baseball. And, and so it barnstormed into Canada 
they took baseball into Latin America. Matter of fact, they were the first Americans to play in many Spanish-speaking countries. And as I oftentimes tout, they were the ones who introduced professional baseball to the Japanese. Mm. And so it strikes me that a league born out of segregation would become the driving force for social change in this country. And to me, that's why this story is so important. And that's why we need to introduce it to as many people as we possibly can. And I think that message needs to be, you know, shouted as loud as we possibly can with some of the things that we're seeing in our society today. But honestly, Mike, I think that's why the spirit of the tip your cap to the Negro Leagues really took off. It was just a crazy idea as a way to try and generate some interest in and around the 100th anniversary, grassroots kind of tactical project that we would do. We figured we'd get some baseball fans and perhaps a few current major leaguers and former major leaguers. But as you mentioned, we had four American presidents tip their cap in President Obama, President Clinton, President Bush. And we got a letter from President Carter, who is not in great health, but he loved the idea so much that he too wanted to be a part of it. But then there's General Colin Powell and Billie Jean King and Bob Costas and Michael Jordan and Magic Johnson. I mean, it's such an eclectic group of people from all walks of life. And I don't think the timing could have been better. I think our country really needed to find something that could unify us. And, and baseball has always been at the forefront of uniting us. And if the winning spirit of the Negro Leagues can bring us together in this fashion, then it just excites all of us that much more here at the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. But I hope it also helps people understand the real value of what this great cultural institution really means, not just to Kansas City, but to our nation. We're visiting with uh, Bob Kendrick. He's the president of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum. It's in Kansas City. And if you can't get to Kansas City anytime soon, we're going to talk about what you can still get from the project that they've got. We will return in just a moment here on American Viewpoints. Hey, Dad, your prescription will be ready in just a minute. Hey, Dad, your laundry will be ready in just a minute. Dad, your lunch will be ready in just a minute. Hey, honey, why don't you take a minute? When you help care for a loved one, you give them as much time as you can. But it's just as important to take time for yourself. AARP can help. Find free care guides to support you and your loved one at aarp.org caregiving. That's aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. 